Welcome to another encouraging word from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We are so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. Today, our message is entitled, Now and Then, Now and Then. You know, uh, I, I have come to a decision in life, by the way, and I'm going to suggest that some of you consider doing the same thing that, you know, that, that I have decided. I have decided that I am not going to pray to the devil and ask him for anything. Oh, that may seem strange to you, but let me, let me repeat that. I have made a decision, and I encourage you to consider doing the same thing. I'm not going to pray to the devil and ask him for one thing. I am not going to obey the dictates of the devil. I'm not going to fear the threats of the devil. I am not going to expect the devil to tell me the truth, and I'm not going to expect him to change. I am going to resist the devil with everything that is in me, and I will expose the lies of the devil by speaking the truth in love. I'm not going to expect the devil to help me. Now, what I have not yet decided is that who is the devil? What is he promoting? Where is he? But when I find out and I will investigate, I'll let you know. Because I'm not going to expect him or ask him to heal me or to help me. I'm going to go straight to Almighty God, and I'm going to do for others what God encourages me to do for them without being concerned, without being threatened, without falling prey to self-censoring because of the threats of this world system. Paul, the apostle, had to cut through so much worldly influence in the city of Corinth. The city of Corinth was a, was a, was a, 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 a cosmopolitan city, and there were people there bearing trade from all places around the world. It was, it was a trade center, and it was greatly impacted by, by Greek mythology and, and classical Greek understanding, and, and, and there were a lot of things that the Apostle Paul uh, you know, had to cut through. The world had so influenced the church in Corinth that 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, and indeed we understand for centuries the, the, the church and the Christians at Corinth had to battle the influence of the world that surrounded them, much like pastors do today. Pastors and Bible teachers, do you know one of the things that I have to do every Sunday, every Wednesday, when I get up here and share the Word of God, is I realize I am pushing against the influence of the world. I am trying to unteach you things that you have learned, that you believe, that you feel, that you want, things that the world has, has taught you or the things the world has encouraged you to believe. I am trying to cut through the influence of the world because the world will lead you down a path straight to hell. And so here we are with the Word of God, which at times, you know, the, the Word of God paints a different picture. In order to live the Word of God, you would have to get off the road you're on and get onto a different road. You'd have to stop thinking what you're thinking and start thinking something else. You would have to stop doing what you're doing and start doing something else if you were really going to please God. So many times people live with one foot in the world and one foot, you know, in Christianity. Because they happen to like what they're doing, what they're thinking, what they're feeling, or they just don't feel the same that Jesus does. 
They just don't believe what the Word says. And they try somehow to plot a course around the difficult passages. And that's what the Apostle Paul was dealing with whenever he was teaching and preaching and writing to the church in Corinth. He was dealing with so many worldly influences, so many habits of the mind, and so many cultural, culturally indoctrinated beliefs. At any rate, he was doing his best to untangle the minds of men and women that had been trained to believe the lies of the devil, the fictitious fables and fantasies that the devil promises the devil will make that he can never keep good. Generations grow up even today being taught to believe that sweet is bitter and bitter is sweet. Have you read that in Isaiah? Generations grow up today believing that light is darkness and that the darkness is light. Believing that good is, is, is evil and evil is good. Right is wrong and wrong is right. Because the Word of God paints a different picture than the world will paint. There's a young lady named Yomi Park. In her testimony, she's 29 years old today. In 2007, she was 13 and she escaped North Korea. I encourage you to look up her testimony and read her testimony. Please do. You know, it's, 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 it's not the testimony of a Christian. It's the testimony of a persecuted person and a persecuted people. You know, she did ask Jesus to become her Lord and Savior. But she's not writing from the perspective of a Christian. She's writing from the perspective of a North Korean who was raised to believe a lie. She was told as a young girl, while she was watching other children her age chasing rats, the rats were diseased rats, trying to catch one so they could eat one because they were starving. Where were they chasing the rats? They were chasing them around the dead bodies that lay in the streets. So the children were watching uh, the, you know, these rats eat their friends as their friends have died in the streets. And all the while, she was not feeling any remorse for her friends, nothing. Why? Because she was taught to believe, she was raised to believe that North Koreans had it better than anybody else in the world. They were the absolute best people, the most lucky, the most prosperous, the most favored people in all the world. Nobody else had it as good as a North Korean. And she was so absolutely excited that she was born in the best country of the world, that she was born, and she had the privilege of supporting and serving her king, the king of, of, of North Korea. And it, it, it was her joy. It was, it was, she was excited. Nobody had it better than her. Even though she did not know the word internet. It did not exist. We're talking about in the, in, in the 21st century. Even though she never had eaten what, what she wanted. Never had, never had eaten enough. Never had felt like she ever had a full stomach. Ever. Nonetheless, they were the best. Even though they're one train that they could get on in the country, many times the people would have to get off and push the train. Yet it was better than anybody else anywhere else. Even though they didn't have electricity, nobody else had it as good as her. She was taught. Nobody is as... Is, no, 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 you know, people believe what they're taught and what they know. And if it's all they ever hear, and it's all their friends hear, then you can start believing the lies. She did. One day she heard and that 
you get a full bowl of rice over there where those lights are. And so she, she went, you know, she and her mother, you know, uh, went to a woman who, who, who took them and sold them into the Chinese sex slave market. She was 13. Her mother was 36. She thought she'd get a bowl of rice. Well, she did get a bowl of rice. And she ended up looking back on that as kind of a happy day as 13, sold into the sex slave market of China. Until, you know, she finally, after a, 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 after a long time, she escaped after a long, arduous journey. Uh, you, you need to read uh, her, her testimony. And she made it to South Korea where she found out that everything she had ever heard was a lie, that North Korea is not the most wonderful, blessed, favored, you know. And she absolutely blew her mind that there was a truth and she was living in a lie. She had lived in a lie. She had been lied to. She had been told something, and she believed it. And, 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 you know, and she was happy in her lie. She was happy in her deception until she found out the truth. And then she became appalled at how many lies she had believed and how wrong she had been. Yomi Park is, is now doing everything she can to rescue others from the hell they wrongly imagine is heaven. Many people are living in this world. Many people need to be rescued from the hell that they imagine is heaven. People on your work side, people you know, in your school, your friends, your neighbors. Many people imagine that they are living you know, the best life ever. But they're without Christ and they don't realize they're living in the midst of some dangerous seasons and times in their life, and they need to be rescued from that hell. Uh, Yomi Park is angry that no one in her world who might have known the truth ever told her. You know, Jesus told the church in Laodicea, he said, you know, you say that, that you're rich and you have need of nothing, but you don't realize that you're poor, you're miserable, you're naked, you're blind. You, you know, you, you, don't real, you don't realize you need to buy of me gold tried in the fire. You think, you think, and you say, and you tell everybody that, that it's wonderful, and you're doing well, and, and you know, so many people imagine that they have need of nothing, yet they don't know how poor they are, how wretched, how miserable that they are. If you were to have asked me in 1976 how I was doing, I would have told you I was doing fine. You know? I was happy doing what I was doing. I just didn't know how miserable I was. I just didn't know how poor I was. It is a shame that so many people think that they know it all and that they have need of nothing, and yet they know they do not know the truth. As I said uh, earlier, our, our text is going to come from 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter. Okay? <laughs> Are y'all happy? Yeah. All right. We have joy of Jesus Christ in our life, and we need that joy for strength. Okay? Amen. We cannot go out, you know, all you know, depressed. 
We have to go out filled with the joy of the Lord, for the joy of the Lord is our strength. And there's something to be happy about today. And that is that Jesus Christ saves every soul that comes to him. And he will work with them. And he will bring light to them. And, and he, he, he will absolutely uh, renovate their intellect. He will renew their minds by the word of God. He will protect them by the Holy Spirit. And he will take them to heaven when they die. That's a good day. That's good news. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 12. For now. Everybody say now. Now. Now, now is different than later. Have you ever noticed that? Anybody that, that, that's raised children or anybody that's been a kid knows that now is different than later. Okay? <laughs> Can I have a cookie? Later. <laughs> okay? Now, now is different. Now holds, uh, you know, now has some limitations to it. Okay? In fact, the Bible tells us in Hebrews 11th chapter, the faith chapter, that now faith is. But let me tell you what faith is. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It is the title deed to something that I do not hold in my hand. Wait. I do not hold it in my hand. Wait. It is my title to something I do not possess. It's my ownership. It's my certificate of ownership for something that I do not now possess in the physical. It is my spiritual ownership of something that I do not now have. But my emphasis is I do not now have it. <laughs> like a little kid. Okay? The promise that mommy will give you a cookie later, her word is good, but you do not have it now. <laughs> now faith is the evidence that I own it, it's mine, it's coming to me, but I do not now have it in my hand. But I believe that I own it. That's called faith. Now, faith. Faith is a now thing. It's a now thing. It's a now thing. Okay? But now holds some limitations. In the Word of God, if we look through all of the Scriptures and all the places where God says now, now, the now is normally talking about later before the now gets finished. Before God gets finished talking about a now, it ends up being a later. It ends up being a then. And that's the title. Now and then. <laughs> now is different. Later, later does not tax my now faith. I can have faith right now for something that I do not feel, for something that I do not at this moment physically enjoy, and I have faith, and that satisfies my soul. That's a promise from God. Does this make any sense? I'm hoping it does. I'm hoping it's taxing you a little bit. But it's plain Bible. The 11th chapter of Hebrews talks about it. In 1 Corinthians 13, verse 12, For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then, but later, we will see face to face. Now, I don't see everything clearly. 
Now I see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I am also known. When the Apostle Paul wrote about a mirror, by the way, he was not, thinking about, he, he was not talking about or referring to what you may have looked in this morning when you brushed your teeth or combed your hair, some of you. He was talking about the mirror of that day. The common mirror of that day was polished metal. Okay, it was, it was maybe some opaque scale or, or you know, something that, you know, it, 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 it was dim, it was, it was cloudy, it was a poor, very dimly lit, uh, you know, a, a poor, uncertain reflection of what it was showing. Not details. Have you ever looked into a piece of polished metal? You can kind of see your reflection, but it is poor. That's the mirror he's talking about. The Apostle Paul is writing by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and the best description he could give to the people he was writing to in that day and the way that we have to, to interpret this Scripture is to understand who he's writing to, when he's writing to, what they're seeing, what they're hearing. That is the way. That, 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 that's what hermeneutics demands. That's what the study of, of, of the correct interpretation of the Scripture means. So we have to look at the mirror they were looking at in that day, as any student of the Bible should want to know who he was, ta- who he was writing to and, 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 and their situation. And he was talking to them about something that they could not see the details of they could only see a poorly lit dim reflection we only see in part right now we see things uh, dimly he went on to say you know we only know in part but one day we will fully understand and I'm gonna tell you that is a good picture of where I am today I believe in God I trust God and I know he has a plan for my life and I know that he'll never leave us and never forsake us I understand all that I, I, I believe in healing I believe in, 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 in God you know wants to heal my body when I'm sick I believe in prosperity I believe in faith I'm 100 uh, percent and, and <laughs> but it looks kind of dim sometimes. That's because we see through a glass darkly. Because now is not the only message God has. Later, the things we don't understand now. Because there are some things right now which are unimaginable, some things which are incomprehensible as of yet. Uh, You know, I don't know why God does what he does like he does. I don't understand it, but one day I will. Now I see things in part. I see things dimly, but one day I will fully understand. You know, the first century believer that Paul was writing to did not have the privilege of owning a Bible they were getting in a letter at a time conversation at a time you know we have been chosen I was I was I was speaking this morning to the ladies in the nursery I go by every before every service and I visit with ladies in the nursery and God bless you ladies thank you all uh, you know uh, I told them this morning before I left them that you are called by God God knew what he was doing. He saves the best wine for last. God knows exactly what he's doing to have you born in this generation because there are some evils that have come upon the world that are unique. It's not just another generational evil. We are in a very unique time, a unique situation. And God has, in his infinite wisdom, caused you, as I was telling the nurse, to be born in such a time as this. You are stronger than you think. You are more capable than you think. God trusts you 
more than you imagine. God is investing in you, and God has a plan for you to make a difference in this generation. Even though this generation may be experiencing some very difficult things, He has given us His Word. We have the whole counsel of God's Word, and we can certainly chart a course and let the Holy Spirit guide us so that we can be a part of the solution offered to people from heaven by God. He has not left this world without witness. You are it. We are called by God. I don't see perfect. I I don't have perfect sight yet. There are a lot of things I don't know. I'm not going to let my imperfect sight, however, keep me from doing what I do see and I do know. The claim of perfect sight does not belong to mortal man. We don't know. We can't know. One day I will understand, but right now I don't. Look, look, look at the next verse, 1 Corinthians 13, verse 13. But here's, here's, here's the good news. And now, abides. see that now? I am in a now. You are in a now. We are all in a now. Now faith is the evidence of things that we do not see. Faith is the substance of the things I hope for. But if I have it, why do I hope? Hope that is seen is not hope. So I am in hope to see something I don't see. I am in hope to experience something I'm not experiencing. I am hoping, okay? Now, we live in a now. We don't live in a then. We don't live in a later. Right now, we live in a now. Is that making any sense? I live in a now, okay? And my now, in now, I don't see. In now, I don't understand everything. In now, I've got to have faith for some things I don't yet have in my hands. Now, I'm trusting God for a better day. Now, I'm trusting God to heal my friends. Now, I'm having faith. And with all of my faith, I still see unclearly at times. But now, I have God's given me something I can hold on to now. God's given me a, a, something for now. Okay? Okay, can I have a cookie? Not now, but here. You know, here's a, here's a uh, I don't know, here's a chocolate chip. I don't know. Hold on to this, you know. <laughs> here's a carrot, you know. <laughs> okay, I'll give you something now. Uh, you may not have what you want right now, but what you want right now is not my best for you. What, I, I know right now what you want, but right now you don't get what you want. Right now, however, I'm going to give you this, and this is what you need right now. Right now you need this. The infinite wisdom of God has given us something now. Now, what is it? Faith, hope, and love right now. Let me tell you what we can do right now in our situation, in our nation, in our situation around our world, in our situation in facing COVID, in our situation when, when, whenever we are you know, uh, uh, you know, having friends. You know, let me tell you what you can do right now because we all know that later, later we get to heaven and we understand, okay? Right now I don't understand. <laughs> later we get to heaven and we see. Right now I don't see. Later we get to heaven and and we know. Right now I don't know. I need something now. Mama, I need something now. (laughs) Mama, I need a cookie now. (laughs) 
<laughs> I want now. Okay. Well, he just finished up by saying, well, now abides. Now with you. Now right beside you. Now you have faith, hope, and love. And, you know, these three, but the greatest of these is love. I'll cut to the chase and tell you, hope. Don't lose hope. Hope is the anchor of your soul. Don't lose hope. Hold on to hope. Just decide right now, I am not going to let hope get away. Hope will anchor my soul. It'll keep me stable. It'll keep me steady. I am not going to let the world, I'm not going to let my predicament, I'm not going to let sickness, disease, I'm not going to let a loss of job, I'm not going to let what's happening in Afghanistan, what's happening in, 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 uh, in, in Central America, I'm not going to let these things rob me of the hope I have in Christ. I have hope. And hope, my soul. You know, David said, why be downcast, O my soul? Put your hope in God. Hope, he said, will change how your face looks. It will strengthen your countenance. Hope will put a smile on your face. Not only that, but faith. Faith is your unseen reality. You may not see what you want right now, but Hebrews 11 verse 1 tells us that faith is what we see. We, it's our unseen reality. Okay, we see by the eyes of our faith. God has heard me right now. I have faith he's heard me. I have faith that he will answer my prayer right now. Faith is my substance, my evidence. Just like those three Hebrew children who were thrown into the fiery furnace. You remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? You remember them? You know what they said to the king? You remember what they said? They said, listen, this is what we've got to start saying. Listen, they said, king. King said, if you don't bow down and worship me and worship that idol, if you don't bow down, if you don't follow my dictates, if you don't do what I said, do. And he was of the devil trying to make them do that. If you don't obey me, if you don't do what I tell you, I'm going to throw you into the fiery furnace. And here's what they said to him. Uh, they, they said, listen, if that is the case, so be it, you know. Uh, for our God is able to deliver us from the fiery furnace, okay? Our God is able if he chooses. But they also said, but if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods. We don't worship the gold image which you have set up. Let, let me tell you something. If God delivers us from whatever we are facing, he is able Okay? But if he doesn't, he is still able. He's still God, and I'm still not going to bow, bend, or burn. And as the 13th, you know, faith, hope, and love. Don't lose your hope. Have faith. Have faith that God will deliver you, or else you'll be standing looking at him in the next moment. If God, doesn't if God doesn't deliver you here on this earth, he will deliver you from this earth. And number two is the pick choice. Okay. Come, Lord Jesus. The Spirit and the bride say, come, Lord Jesus. When will we get to the places of the church that we are praying for Jesus to come and come now, Lord Jesus? And then love. 1 Corinthians 13, you know, don't let go of love. Listen to what love does. Love suffers long, it's kind. 
Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It's not puffed up. Love does not behave itself rudely. Don't be rude. Uh, does not seek its own. Don't be selfish. Is not provoked. Don't let, don't let you know, uh, 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 the world provoke you. Thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth. Bears all things. Believes all things. Hopes all things. Endures all things. Verse 8, the first part of it says, love never fails. Love won't fail you. Fall in love with Jesus, fall in love with others. Now and then, now and then. Whether you're getting what you want, see what you want, or whether you don't, fall in love with Jesus. Thanks again for joining us for another dynamic message from Pastor Ron Hammonds. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to all of our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.